Good morning. Uh, I'd like to extend a special welcome to our board of trustees who are here. Um, I know we have a number of uh, folks visiting campus as well. Welcome. We are uh, truly grateful that you're here with us this morning. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce our speaker for this morning, uh, Reverend Howard Brown. Uh, Howard is the senior pastor at Christ Central Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He has his Master's of Divinity from Covenant Seminary and an English degree from Clemson University. He and his wife Kelly have two sons, Harrison and Clark, and Howard is one of our newest Board of Trustees members. If you would, please give up a warm Scots welcome for Reverend Howard Brown. Thank you. It's good to be here. I think this is my second or third time preaching at chapel. And just so you know, I am not being rude, but I have to catch a plane um, right after this. So I'm hoping my driver, Kevin Smith, a board member, I hope you like speeding. Um, the Lord's given grace in this one, Kevin. Uh, don't quote me any Romans passages. I don't need it right now. <clears throat> But uh, let me read the scripture for you as we begin, and I'm going to not walk around as much as I do at our church in, my church in Charlotte. I'm not going to ad-lib as much, as much as I like to do it. I'm going to stick to the script this morning because we don't have a lot of time because this ain't church, right? This is chapel. Y'all got to go to class. Luke 19th chapter says, he, being Jesus, into Jericho and was passing through. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. I might say Zacchaeus when I'm moving quickly, y'all. Same thing. His family called him Zacchaeus. Okay. <laughs> you know Zacchaeus from around the corner. See, I'm already ad-libbing. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. When they saw the crowd, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Word of God. One of the new catchy mission and vision items for churches started and planted today, it was for our church, is something like, we are a church for, for the city right? Or we believe in impacting or transforming the city. We come to make a difference in urban Chattanooga, right? Regardless of where you live, whether you live up on the mountain or whether you live way out in Georgia, you have come to impact the city because it's what's catchy. And now the new hot term is let's influence marketplace leaders, right? At this college, in this chapel, and who you are and are becoming, you are hoping, I hope, to become change agents for the city, for cities, for the communities you will go to and return to. In Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus, we see how Jesus' changing of our individual lives brings dramatic redemption and restoration for a whole city. 
a whole community by seeking out chief sinners. And secondly, saving chief sinners. So in our passage, we see Jesus coming into the city of Jericho. And Jericho, sitting right on the river, was like a major passageway city between two parts of the country. And like our own cities on boundaries, it was a major place for sales and custom taxes and tolls of all sorts. And by this time in Jewish history, a number of Jews had joined the ranks of the local government under the Roman Empire. It was these Jewish government folk collecting taxes and getting rich from their own people for an oppressive and and morally corrupt Roman government who were the sellouts of their day. In fact, our passage says that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And then if you look down in verse 8, he admits to cheating his people, defrauding them. Now, being the chief tax collector meant that he had a network of people working for him. He had set up a conspiracy, a taxation criminal network of which he was on top and got rich from his oppressed and impoverished and broken community. He was more than a chief tax collector. He was therefore a chief sinner who in his actions cause others to sin and be damaged by his sinful acts in a broad, in broad and systematic ways. And so the religiously, religiously and socially conscious folks cut folks like Zacchaeus in public professions like his off as the worst of sinners. And this disdain, if you will, for these, as they call them, publicans, effectively cut these people off from the spiritual, religious, and community life. They were excommunicated from their people, as maybe they should be. But Jesus came with a different sort of agenda. He didn't come to ignore or just crush these people. He came to also seek them. This passage is filled with all kinds of literary tricks, and I can't go through all of them. One of which is to have Zacchaeus not be able to see Jesus. He's literally hidden and cut off by the crowd of the city Crowd of the city from God, from seeing Christ on his own. And what is also interesting about this is that, is that when, you, when you think about the ministry of Jesus, you would think that Zacchaeus would be the last person, not only seeking to see Jesus or have Jesus see him, he, but he is, he is the last person with all of his riches, right? Riches. Jesus actually needs to see. I'm sure there are a number of homeless and sick and hungry people. Forget short, little, rich, hated Zacchaeus. He'll be all right. He don't need Jesus, and Jesus certainly doesn't need him or want him. But look at what happens. The Bible says that Jesus was expected to what at the end of verse 4? Pass that way. Zacchaeus, an observer of the Jesus parade, right? He, he just wanted to get a nice seat. Now, most of us want to get a seat under the shade of the tree, but Zacchaeus, being short, needed the limbs of a tree to get a good seat. But though he thought Jesus was just going to pass that way, verse 5 says something really peculiar. Jesus actually came, the Bible says. That means he walked to that place, to that spot, and purposely looked up and called Zacchaeus by name. Now, they had never met, so, so far as we can tell from the Bible tells us. what. The, but the way things are written in this passage, it means Jesus came that way, not to pass by Zacchaeus, for Zacchaeus just to see him, but to see Zacchaeus, right? 
to actually go into Jericho to meet him, to engage him. Jesus came through Jericho to seek and meet, not with just a dude who climbed a tree and looks funny up there or who proved to be a real Jesus fan, but because he came seeking a man in Zacchaeus who was a chief and a chief sinner. So easy to miss a drama in this passage. Verse 5 says again that he stopped and looked up and called him by name. And to even bring it deeper, look at what the crowd calls Zacchaeus in verse 7. It says this, he is a man who is a sinner, right? They don't even name him. They don't even say his name. This is significant because there have been a number of times in Scripture where the crowd would say, if Jesus only knew who this was, or he don't really know who he's talking to, poor baby, he's trying so hard, he's just confused. No, Jesus knows exactly who he's dealing with, and it is not a mistake. To heighten the drama here in verses 5 through 7, Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' home. This is not bad manners for you Southerners. Man, I would get in trouble if I'm like, Mom, well, I'm hungry. Can we go to so-and-so's house in front of him? Oh, my gosh. We don't have enough food at our house. But <laughs> this isn't bad manners, right? This is divine mission, right? Jesus is like, guess what? I'm coming over and coming in, Zacchaeus. You don't even have time, a lot of time to fake it or clean up or push things under the rug. I already know who you are, so this is not a game. I am not confused about how bad you are. In fact, I completely know you. That's why I called you by name, and I know what and who I am getting into and where I am going. So here I come because you are why I came. Jesus sings Zacchaeus, I have been sent by God for you. Zacchaeus, a chief and chief sinner in the community. I have been sent to go to where you are, to where you live, to what you're all about, to go not only where you're living, but in going where you're living, how you are living, all up in your personal stuff, all up in the place you built from corrupt and oppressive gain from the community. I am going to sit in the middle of that. Like Zacchaeus, for chiefs who in this case, chief sinners, Zacchaeus' case, those in positions of authority, Good to have the board here today, right? That may be many of you who are headed with a degree. You're probably headed into positions of some sort of authority or privilege. Maybe you come from a family of privilege. I don't know. If you know where your next meal is coming from, for sure, you probably, let's consider that privilege, okay? Those of you whose actions will in some way affect the climate of your country and city and community and family and church, Jesus seeks and has an eye out for people just like you, college students and the faculty that would lead them and goes to where you are, to where, what you are doing right now and how you are doing it. He isn't going to pass chief people, chief sinners by Folks who, who may seem to, to have it all together up here on a mountain at, at Covenant College, right? Under the preeminence of Christ, right? He's not going to pass by those who are getting a higher education and who will go to grad school and get gainful employment or lead something or, or a movement or something. He is on a one-way mission for them, and they are not hidden from you. He seeks chiefs out and sees them and knows them by name. He has a personal interest in those who, when they sin, and in their sin are chief sinners among us and over us. Now it's easy to think, 
I do it all the time. Jesus is only coming, or, or God only sent him for and because of the poor and disenfranchised and oppressed. Yes, is the answer to that. Yes, but a central part of that mission are those who, like many of you, will be in positions, you are people who are maybe in positions to actually cause and contribute and continue systematic familial city and community brokenness. Jesus wants to see you and have a conversation with you too. Now the fact that Jesus sees and goes to where chief leaders and sinners are, that they are not hidden from him in his mission, and thus the church's mission, that may be good news, and that may be bad news, right? I mean, throughout the scriptures, from beginning to end, if you're a corrupt leader, or just a chapter earlier in Luke, a couple of chapters earlier in Luke, if you are a rich, young leader, what all of you really want to be, right? I'm going to graduate, I'm going to get the job, right? The job. No, millennials don't think like that. You'll get the jobs, right? If you are a rich and young leader in the world, proud and doing okay and what you want, you know, we don't like Jesus a lot sometimes, especially privileged folk. It's very difficult. Because just two chapters again before, he makes it real clear that privileged in chief position elite folks would have a hard time seeking and then getting into heaven and embracing what the gospel has to offer. Yes, that's right. The Lord of the Bible makes it clear throughout Scripture, from beginning to end, he uses words like this. I didn't make them up. He comes to crush, destroy, knock the teeth out of, chain up, break the legs, humble, frustrate, not let them into heaven, plain out, judge them for being oppressors, those who are like Zacchaeus. Chapters early, he's speaking to a rich ruler. He says that it will take a miracle for a rich man, a ruler, a, a privileged, wealthy, marketplace leader type to get into heaven. Because many folks, folks who are cheap, competent, privileged, and rich, smart, degreed, you know what we're like? We feel safe. We feel secure. We've got a little bit of heaven right now. And so we don't tend to crowd out people like Jesus for him to touch us. We have too many earthly good to pray and need a miracle. And that is hard on the heart, and that actually hardens our hearts. And so when Jesus looks up to Zacchaeus and calls him by name, there is a good chance, especially after what we have seen Jesus say to rich people already, that he would have said, and this is what the crowd probably wanted to say, Zacchaeus, you are a no, no good sellout, God-hated scoundrel. You are the chief and worst of sinners, and I hope you fall out of that tree on your head. Now y'all tweet that, right? Jesus gave it to the man. That's what they were hoping, to the one trouble in the community. And guess what? He would have been in his right to do so. Man, he would have had five dinner uh, invitations if he had done that. But by inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house, it appears that Jesus is doing something very opposite to his grassroots movement. He, in essence, looks over past a crowd of the popular people, the populace, and says, this rich, privileged scoundrel's life matters. Oh, no, Jesus. You took the invite to the White House. You didn't kneel, Jesus. You don't care about the oppressed. 
Jesus, who are you for, man? In this case, he's with the chief and chief sinners in the community, too. And look what happens. Not sure whether the crowd is mad when Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus joyfully, gets out the tree, right? Jesus, come to my house, yay! In the crowd, the Bible says the crowd, you know, they grumble. And I don't know whether the crowd is mad because Jesus is going to the house of someone who's evil, and so he is acting friendly to public enemy number one, or because Zacchaeus is joyful and welcomes Jesus. Because this is big for Zacchaeus. He lets Jesus, a holy man, into his house, into his wealth, into his joy, in, joyfully and not afraid. Let me tell you about the mission of Jesus to whoever and wherever. When he wants you, he gets you. What am I saying? Zacchaeus in that tree, Jesus passing by, was by divine appointment. Right? And you guys, you're not up on a tree, but you're up on a mountain. And I would not be surprised if this is a moment of divine appointment for you who are headed to privileged positions. That Christ isn't just passing you by here. But in the grace offered to you in this college, he is looking at you. In the scripture, calling you by name. Jesus seeking to redeem and change and call us to repentance. See, Jesus was not asking to come into Zacchaeus' house to get off the streets and find a nice house to hang out in. The house is but a metaphor of sorts. This is about Jesus inviting himself into Zacchaeus' heart. In Zacchaeus' life, broken, sordid, sin, marred, hated by others, stealing, selfish, short on good, like his size. So, so when Jesus says salvation has come to this house, he is saying that eternal life, heart change, life change, born again has come into Zacchaeus' life and world, and he and it are not the same. And this is not Zacchaeus declaring it. It is Jesus saying so. So it is that salvation has come to this house. And guess what he says? Now this, because this too is a son of Abraham. Now, what does he say? He is saying now because salvation has come to this house, Zacchaeus should be accountable and held accountable and is free to be a contributing and trusted part of the community and city. This is hard for some of us who have come to Jesus who see people who have been chief sinners. And it was hard for a lot of the people I minister to. When people wear the skin, right? <laughs> and they live in the neighborhoods, right? Behind the gated communities, right? And they go to all the private schools and they, and they, and they have the jobs at the high-rise buildings. And, and you look at them and they look like the chief sinner. And it's hard to trust them even when they say, Jesus has saved me. a degree of faith in Jesus' ability to save the chief sinners, to bring and trust chief folk in our community. But for the chief sinner, 
he declares to Zacchaeus, you're a son of Abraham. Do you remember what God said about Abraham? I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to the world. I um, was looking for a picture for this passage. We put pictures up just to help people. I do well with pictures too. For Zacchaeus, and we came across a sermon from another person, and it said, Zacchaeus, the rich man who got woke, right? That's right. His eyes were opened for the first time by the power and presence of Jesus in his life. And his response to that new heart was repentance, restoration, and reparation. Right? He said, I'm going to own the responsibility for the poor in my community. And those who I've defrauded, when he says four times, that's twice what's required in the, in the Bible. It, it, four times. What is he saying? I'm not only going to pay back what I've stolen from this generation, but I'm going to pay enough for two generations worth. Be careful how I say this. If you're sinning against those in your care under you in your privilege or ignorant or apathetic towards the evil down in any city or community, if you are in chief places culturally, intellectually, innovatively, economically, and socially, and are not flowing with grace-driven repentance, reparation, and restoration, using and letting Jesus use and be the fountainhead where Jesus' love flows out for others, then you must ask, Jesus living here. And has he been joyfully accepted and invited in? You see, when Jesus came to greet Zacchaeus, this was more than just about him. This was about a city and community being changed by the repentance that Zacchaeus showed. Y'all, somebody got a check from the version of the IRS that day. Right? When Zacchaeus gave back what he took, someone's lights were about to be cut off, and then Zacchaeus came by. Someone's about to go to court without a lawyer and get taken, and the check from Zacchaeus shows up. The tax code and system that brought people down would never be the same again. The city changed. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus Robin Hoods, not Zacchaeus' money, but Zacchaeus' heart for God. He loots his brokenness and he shoots him through with God's grace because he loved Zacchaeus, because he loved the city. In order for Zacchaeus to come out of, the, come out of that tree separated from the grace of God and the good of the community, to come out of that tree and become a chief redeemer of his city, Jesus had to go up on a tree become as the chief of sinners, despised and rejected by the community for Zacchaeus as the Redeemer. The issues in our cities and countries and households are so huge and it seems like nothing will ever change. But let me leave you with this. Before we hear about another task force or ministry in and for city, the city, 
Have you in your world heard and seen and known the voice of the Lord calling you? Do you see and know how he loves and has loved chief sinners like you and me? This city is changed when you and I seek and are sought and we are saved by Jesus. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for how you are going to use these young people who are headed to positions, chief positions. We trust your love for them, your ability to redeem our hearts, to bring redemption and repair and restoration to the lives of people who've been oppressed and cheated, who are separated from the bounty of God. I pray for these who in Christ have become the sons and daughters of Abraham, a blessing to the world. Help them, Lord, as you look at them and call them by name to answer joyfully. Come in, Lord Jesus. Come in and change my life and change my world. We pray in Jesus' name.